So this morning we're going to do, we're going to start sort of a two-parter message. It sort of is, it sort of isn't. We're going to look at a couple of moments uh, that Peter shared with Jesus um, in and out of a boat. So this week we're going to look at in a boat. Next week we're going to look out of a boat and I'm sure you can uh, tell what's coming up next week. But why don't you turn with me if you've got your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. We're going to read the first 11 verses and we're going to dig into uh, our message this morning. Luke chapter 5 verse 1. It says, On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've been toiling all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they'd done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners from the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. So I've called my message this morning, Can I Use Your Boat? Say, can I use your boat? I've done that for a while. And your answer to that question, I believe, is going to massively impact the next season of your life. Can I use your boat? And so as we pick up this story, we see this group of fishermen, they finished their evening shift for the night and they're tidying up and they're ready to go home. And the insight that we get a little bit later from the scripture is that it was a very unsuccessful shift. They'd caught nothing. They'd given up hope. They would decided to pack up and, and go home. But then Jesus shows up. Then Jesus shows up. And it doesn't, it doesn't say that Jesus just showed up. It said that he brought a crowd with him. Uh, that's probably not an accurate description. He might not have wanted the crowd, but wherever Jesus went, a crowd followed. And so there was this crowd with him because people were drawn to the person of Jesus. And so here he is on the shore of the lake and there's this crowd of people um, that are gathering round and Peter and his friends, they're packing up their stuff. They're probably feeling exhausted and defeated after a long and frustrated night's fishing. Do you know we? We often find that it's when we come to the end of ourselves, that when we're frustrated, when we're defeated, when we're deflated, when we're ready to pack it all in and walk away, it's then, it's then that God chooses to bless us. When we're at our lowest place, when we're at our weakest point, when we realise that, that actually we can't do it on our own, it's then 
that he steps in. It's not always like that. Don't get me wrong. God can bless you when you are on the mountaintop, when you're living your best life. He can bless you anytime. But, but often I find that it's in those moments when you're at the end of yourself that God shows up. And I believe that it's in those moments that actually when he does show up, there's absolutely no doubt where the blessing has come from. And so this crowd, they're, they're gathered around Jesus and it says that they're pressing in It says they're pressing in to hear the word of God. But not like you're hearing the word of God today by some guy trying to pull out some truth from the scriptures. They're hearing from Jesus. It says in John 1, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, was, was not anything made that was made. And then jump into verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So they weren't listening to someone trying to preach the word. They were listening to the word. He was and is the word. They were encountering the word of God wrapped in flesh. And so they pressed in. They pressed in. You know, I might not be the word of God in flesh, but we are hearing this morning from the word of God. So we need to be pressing in this morning. We need to be leaning in to what God's got to say to us. And so Jesus is there with this crowd and they want to hear from him. And Peter and his friends, they're, they're packing up their stuff and they're, they're ready to go home. They're tired, they're fed up. But Jesus, he looks at them and he says, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute, hang on. I don't know, maybe there's someone in the room this morning and that's the the purpose of me preaching this message that that you're at that point in your life where you're thinking, I've had enough. I'm tired. I just want to pack up and go home and I want to give up on whatever it is that you've been striving for. I don't know, maybe that's that's something that, that Jesus is just saying to you this morning. Just wait up a second. Just hang on for a moment longer and see what's going to happen. And so moving on to verse 3, it says that Jesus getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. Now we can read past that verse quite quickly as if it's absolutely perfectly normal and it, and it doesn't, uh, doesn't stand out to us. But why don't we just try that after church this morning? Why don't you, when we finished here, just head out into the car park, have a look around, see what cars there are. There's some nice cars in the car park this morning. Pick your favourite. Then go and find the owner and say, I like your car. I've chosen your car. Can I have your keys? And just see how that goes down because that's essentially what Jesus is doing in this scene. He's he's picked one, there's two boats. He could have picked either. He chose Simon Peter's boat. He looked at him and he said, I want your boat. Essentially, can I have the keys? And so he chose the boat belonging to Simon, who is, I keep saying Peter, Simon becomes Peter later on. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on this morning. But Jesus didn't need a boat. And that's something that stands out to me. Jesus didn't need a boat. The crowd were pressing in on him and they were crowding around him and they wanted to hear from the word of God. And so he wanted to get a little distance between him and them so that he could speak clearly to everyone. But he didn't need a boat. And we're going to look at that a little bit later on in uh, next week when we look at Matthew 14, where Jesus chose to defy the laws of gravity and physics and walked on the water. 
So in this moment, Jesus didn't need a boat. He could have just walked on the water and got the distance that way. And I think that maybe if he'd have chosen there and then to walk out on the water to begin to preach his message, that people probably would have sat up a little bit taller and leaned in a little bit closer because this man is standing on some water. That's not possible in our human understanding. And so we need to hear from this, this man who is clearly something special. But he didn't choose to do that in this moment. He chose to use a boat. And not just any boat. There were two boats and he chose the one belonging to Peter. Peter, who we will later see as you read through the scriptures, is very impulsive. He's a bit of a know-it-all. He's even got a bit of a filthy mouth on him. But Jesus chose Peter's boat. He chose Peter's boat. There's purpose to Jesus' actions in everything that he does throughout Scripture. He's very intentional about what he does. Everything that he does has a reason, has a purpose. You know, when you read the Scriptures and you see that he's surrounded by people and he chooses just to heal one person, there's a reason for that. When he chooses to do it, he does it for a reason. He does it with a purpose. He's got real intentionality about his actions. But Jesus didn't need a boat. And so if Jesus didn't need to get in Peter's boat, perhaps it was Peter who needed Jesus in his boat. You know, Ruth touched last week a little bit on on giving, on tithing. And I think maybe there can be a, a misconception around the theme of giving that actually the reason that we give into church financially is to pay the bills and to keep the lights on and to maintain the building and pay the wages. But the truth is that, that this church is here for a reason. This church was planted here 100 years ago with a purpose and I believe God's not done with us yet. Jesus didn't need a boat and God doesn't need your tithes, but instead he invites us to partner with him. He invites us to join with him in what it is that he's doing. He doesn't need us, but he chooses us. There were two boats on the shore. You know, if Peter had said no, I believe that Jesus probably would have just got in the other boat to do what he needed to do, but he chose Peter's boat. And he chooses us. He's chosen us who who call Hope Church our home. He's chosen us to to come on and and get involved, to, to lend him our boat in that sense. And you know, the truth is we don't really talk about giving a lot in our church. We don't send the bucket around anymore like many people do. We don't strong arm you into giving well, we absolutely believe in the principle of tithing and we believe of giving your first 10% income into the work of the church. That is absolutely a principle that we believe in, that we buy into, that we live by as a as leadership team. And there is power in that and Ruth touched on that. But the reality is that it's, it's not an obligation. It's an opportunity. Jesus doesn't need Peter's boat but he asks if he can use it. Jesus doesn't need your money, but maybe he's asking if he can use it. I'm not going to talk about that anymore. Jesus didn't need Peter, but he invited him to get involved. He invited him to, to be a part of what he was about to do. Can I use your boat? And so I, I suppose the question for us is, is can he use our boat? 
Can he use the things that he's given us, our, our talents, our time, our treasure? Can he use all of the things that he has blessed us with for his glory? Because the truth is that everything we have comes from God anyway. We don't own any of the stuff that we think we own. You know what I love about this, this picture that we're reading this morning of Jesus and Peter is that God created the trees that were used to make the boats that he's fishing in. Genesis 1 verse 11. And God created the fish that Peter was trying and failing to catch. Genesis 1 verse 20. He created it all. It was only possible. This moment was only possible because of him. But Jesus says, can I use your boat. He says your boat. It's actually his boat. Can I use your boat? Because we all think that we own everything. And then the example that Peter sets for us is that he was obedient, that he said yes. He was probably exhausted, like we've said. He was probably very fed up and he could have just been like, I'm just going to go home and get my head down. But he didn't do that. He decided to say yes. He decided to accept Jesus' invitation. And so what does that say to us? What does that speak to us and, and our situations? Is that perhaps when we're feeling like that, when we feel like we've had enough, when we're tired, when we're exhausted, when we just want to give up and go home, that maybe we can find the strength that Peter found in himself as Jesus is looking into our eyes and inviting us to partner with him, to play a part with him in this thing that he is doing. We have a decision. Will we reject him based on our current circumstances, based on how we're feeling in the moment, based on the struggles that we are facing and the battles that we are fighting? Or will we accept his invitation Trusting in him to sustain us through it. You know, it's funny. I wonder what Peter was thinking when Jesus asked him this question. Because in my humanity, I kind of try and rationalize what might have been going through his head at this moment. And he has had a long night's work and he probably is tired. And then Jesus says, can I use your boat? And so maybe he's trying to just work out, okay, I'm really tired. The wife's been at home with the kids and she's probably getting a little bit antsy right now. And, and so I need to just get home and help out all this with all the stuff at home. But he's asking me if he, if he can use my boat. And so I'm thinking he's got this crowd. He wants to do a preach. We're probably talking about an hour. And so, okay, what I'll do is I'll, I'll give him the hour. Then I'll go home. I'll get a bit of food and I'll get my head down. Oh, Peter. Little did he know that launching out his boat that morning with Jesus wasn't just going to be one hour. But actually it was going to be the beginning of the most exciting, surprising and challenging three years of his life with Jesus. And then everything that followed, all because he made the decision to stay and to partner with Jesus in that moment and let him use his boat. You know, Peter saw the immediate, I believe. He saw the situation as it stood. Jesus wants to preach to these people. He wants to use my boat. I will let him. He had no idea what was about to happen. He had no idea about the punchline in verse 11. He had no idea what was coming. But he said, yes. 
He took that first step of obedience without understanding the fullness of what Jesus had planned from the very beginning when he chose not that boat, but Peter's boat. He was intentional about that question. Can I use your boat? And so Peter launches out his boat with Jesus in it and Jesus teaches to the people and then we pick it up in verse 4. It says, And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, Put out into the deep and let your nets down for a catch. And Peter replied, Master, we've toiled all night and took nothing. Now, I don't know what tone of voice Peter is using at this moment, but I can sort of imagine that maybe there was a little bit of attitude behind this. Dude, we've been working all night and we've caught nothing. All night, a long time, no fish, nothing is biting. I don't, I don't know anything about fishing. I got no, I've never been fishing in my life, but I can imagine that after a, a couple of hours, five hours, six, maybe eight hours, I don't know how long they were fishing, catching nothing, okay, we've had enough right now. He's like, we caught nothing. How about you stick to the preaching and we'll stick to the fishing? Because we're the experts at this. But it goes on and he says, but at your word, but at your word, I'll let the nets down. What word? At his word, because he's asking him, but also he's just spent, Peter's just spent the last hour or however long it was listening to the word, preaching the word. And I don't know where he was at before that moment, but if you spend an hour or whatever time frame it was sitting with Jesus, hearing him preaching firsthand from the word, that's going to have an impact on you. And so he says, at your word, I will let down my nets. You know, God can bless you even with a bad attitude. I love that. He can bless us even when we're doing it with attitude. You know, I started the Couch to 5K a few weeks ago. Somehow I am still not thin. <laughs> I'm on week three already. And some days I get up because I'm doing it in the morning and I hate mornings, you all know that. And I'm getting up before work and going for a run. And some days I'm just not into it. I'm dragging myself out. But I get out there and I do it. And I believe that even when my attitude is poor, I can still reap the benefits of going for a run. You know, you may not feel like going to work, but you'll still reap the benefits of having gone to work, even if your attitude stinks. You know, you might not feel like coming to church sometimes, but God can still meet you when you get here. That's called a sacrifice of praise. He can still bless us when we have a bad attitude, but ideally we don't. But at your word, he says, I will let down the nets. And when they'd done this, it says, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking before Jesus showed up. Empty nets. Fished all night, caught nothing. But then Jesus gets into the boat and their nets were full to bursting. One word from Jesus. One act of obedience and an abundance of blessing. 
You know, can I be a little bit challenging this morning? I'm going to do it anyway. In this scene, and I believe it can be looked at a little bit like a picture of the church, is that there are two groups of people in this moment. There's a crowd. And the crowd have come to get the word. They've come to hear the word. And I think sometimes the crowd, they gather if they feel like it. They gather if they've had a good night's sleep the night before. They gather if there's nothing better to do, if the, there's nothing good on TV or if there's no party to go to or if the, you know, the golf course isn't calling them too hard. They choose the crowd come to hear the word. So there's a crowd, but then there's a crew. And when Jesus spoke to Peter, he says, I see you in the crowd, but why don't you come and join the crew? Because the crowd is a great place to be. The crowd gets to hear the word, but I believe the crowd is just a starting point. Because the crowd hears the message, but the crew gets the miracle. The crew gets the miracle. Peter got to be involved in what happened afterwards. The crowd saw it, but they didn't reap it. They were there to hear the word, to, to get from God. But, but Peter stepped forward. He, he acted in obedience. He, he gave up maybe what he wanted to do and stepped forward into what God wanted him to do. And he reaped the reward of that. Verse 6, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. You know, this really stood out to me when I read this, this passage again for the umpteenth time because the catch of fish was so big, the blessing was so great that they needed to get others involved too. They needed to bring others along to help them. And I believe that when you partner with Jesus, your blessing will be so great that you will want to invite others too to experience what it is that you're experiencing. Look at what he is doing. It is, it is too much for me to contain. And so it is pouring out. It is flowing out. My net is bursting. Why don't you come and grab some and see if your net doesn't burst as well. When God blesses you, it will bless those around you as well. And so Peter, in this moment, he was obedient to God Despite his current state, and I know I'm just conjecturing about his feelings in this moment, but I think it's probably fair to say that he was just tired and, and probably confused in this moment about what Jesus was asking him to do. Why do you want me to fish some more? There's nothing going on here. This is not the right place or the right time. And yet he did it anyway. And God blessed him far and above anything he could have asked or imagined. And so he received the blessing. The nets were full to bursting, but he didn't just keep it to himself. He didn't just think, oh, this is so wonderful. This is so great. I'm just going to revel in this moment. I'm just going to enjoy this all to myself. He looked at others in the crowd and he said, don't stay in the crowd. Come and join the crew. Get involved. Look at what Jesus is doing. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's abundant. Don't miss out on this. Can we use your boat too? You know, we say it a lot here and we're going to keep on saying it, that this walk of faith, this, this journey that we're on with Jesus is not something that we can do on our own. 
We've got Jesus in our boat and that's wonderful and that's great. But don't think that you don't need other people around you too. We need to have other people on this journey with us to share in the work, to share our burdens, but also to share our blessings. I mean, how incredible is it to hear Jane's testimony this morning? Because that's not just a blessing for her, that's a blessing for all of us because faith begins to rise. Okay, we, we sing about miracles, but now we're hearing about miracles. We're experiencing them firsthand. This is not just a God where we hope he can do something stuff. He is doing stuff right here in this church. The Bible says, whereas people gather together in unity, God commands a blessing. And so if we are all on the same page, if we are all following Jesus and his plans and his purpose, there not might be a blessing in this place. There will be a blessing. It is commanded. It's commanded. And when we share our blessings with other people, it says, when we give, it will be given back to us. When Peter gave, he didn't just keep it for himself. He said, come and get involved. He gave his blessing away. And then it says in the Bible, it will be given back to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and pouring over. There are so, God never runs out of blessings. It's not like, okay, he's done his miracle for this year. He's, he's done. He's spent. We're just going to have to wait until 2024 and hope for something else. There are so many blessings, so many blessings, pressed down, shaken together, running over. There is more than enough to go around for all of us. Let's get involved. Let's partner with him. Let's let him use our boat. And so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled the boats so that they began to sink. That's how full they were. They began to sink. Because of one word from God. Because of one act of obedience. Blessings on blessings on blessings. And so Peter... He'd called his friends over and he'd filled the both boats and they were beginning to sink because they were both full. And so he looked at the fish and he looked at his friends and he said, boys, we're going to be rich. No, that's not what happened. Because when Simon Peter saw what had happened, verse 8, he said, he fell at his knees and he said, Jesus, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I am a sinful man. He looked at the blessing. He looked at what Jesus had done in this moment for him. Because that amount of fish was going to see him right for a good long time. He was financially secure now. But he looked at the blessings that God had given him and he fell to his knees and he repented. What a posture. What a response to the action of God. And you know, these were early days for, for Peter's walk with Jesus. This was the very beginning of what was about to happen. And yet still, at some, for some reason, at this moment, 
He recognized something in Jesus. And so he fell to his knees. You know, it wasn't at this point that Simon became Peter. That was much later on when he was going to have the revelation of who Jesus was. And he would declare him as the Messiah. And Jesus would rename him as Peter, meaning rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. That was going to happen in the future. But right now at the beginning of his walk with Jesus, Peter recognized something in this man. Something that brought him to his knees. This posture of humility. I've messed up. I am a sinner. I'm not worthy to be in your presence. He fell to his knees in a posture of worship. He said, oh Lord. And there was a posture of awe. It goes on to say, they were astonished at the catch of fish. They were astonished. They were wowed. They were awed by what had just happened. The move of God and the blessings of God and the abundance that followed the obedience. It blew them away. It blew them away. How often are we blown away by God's goodness? And we can maybe look at that two ways because I think for for some of us, maybe we need to stop being surprised and start being expectant. We need to stop being surprised when God does something and start to expect that he will because I don't know when we're surprised, does that mean we weren't quite expecting it to happen, how we'd been praying for it to happen? I love, Jane, that you were just like, I'm not going to go forward. It's done. I don't need to get more. It's done. But sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, that we pray stuff and we believe for stuff, but then if it happens, we're surprised. But also it's good to be awestruck and amazed when God moves. We should never lose that. We should never lose that awe of God. Because even when we pray for stuff, even when we ask for a mighty move of God and he does it, More often than not, he goes above and beyond what it is that we've asked for. And so that in itself, oh, wow. God, you are so awesome. You are so amazing. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. This story of Jesus and Peter, this story of Peter's boat, this story of the huge catch of fish, it wasn't about the boat. And it wasn't even about the fish. It was about Jesus inviting Peter to partner with him and see what would happen. It was about a word from God and and the willingness and obedience of a man. But the result wasn't the fish. Because that's not where the story ends. It was more than the fish because Peter and his crew, they were amazed at the fish. But Jesus wasn't. Jesus wasn't. He said, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishers of men. It wasn't about the fish. And you know, they didn't keep the fish. Like I've said, that, that abundance of fish would have seen them right for a long time. They were in a good place right now because of what Jesus had just done for them in their lives. But they didn't stay with the fish. 
They didn't stay in that place of blessing. They didn't build an altar to celebrate what Jesus had done and say, let's stay here because this is a good thing. Verse 11, it says, and they left everything and followed him. They left it all. I don't know about you, but if there's this abundance right here and you can see the, the safety and you can see the security that is, that is going to bring for you and for your family, what do you do in that moment? What do I do in that moment? Do we look at this and think, life is good right now. This is a good thing that's happened. Do we hang out? Do we keep the fish? Or do we follow Peter and his friends and leave everything to follow Jesus? You see, it's not about the blessing. It's not about the blessing. It is so much more than that. It's about the kingdom. It's about God's kingdom. It's about walking with Jesus. It's about inviting other people to come and be a part of the crew, to be a part of what it is that Jesus is doing, to move out of the, the crowd and get involved in the work and the, the joy and the, the scariness of walking with Jesus. The blessings are great and we love the blessings. More blessings, God. We're not going to stop praying for that stuff. But that's not why we follow him. That's not why we do this. We don't do it for the blessings. That's not why we step out in obedience. That's not why we might say yes when he asks, can I use your boat? We don't do it for the blessings because Jesus says it's not about the fish. It's not about the blessings. Come and follow me. There's more important things to think about. There's more important stuff for us to be doing because he said later on, didn't he? We need to go and make disciples. And he said to them, we're going to be fishers of men. That's what's important. That's the purpose. That's the reason. That's why we do all of this stuff. So that we can follow him and invite people in to this party, to invite people in, to partner with Jesus in the work that he is doing. Can I use your boat? Can I use your boat? Let's pray. Father God, you are so awesome. Just thank you for this story of, of Peter and Jesus that this everyday ordinary man with all his faults and flaws and failures, that you looked at him and saw something in him and you said, I want to partner with you. I love that you didn't strong arm him, that you didn't force him. You just gave him that opportunity. Can I use your boat? And so God, I pray that this morning as perhaps you're speaking to us and you're saying, can I use your boat? that we would hear that call. 
and that we would respond like Peter did with obedience, with faith, with trust. And God, we get to look at this with a bigger picture, not the big picture, but a bigger picture that knows who you are, the fullness of who you are, that actually we can trust in you because you are the Messiah. You are the risen Lord. And so God, would we hear that call this morning and would we say yes? Yeah, you can use us. You can use our talents, our time, our tr- everything that we've got. You can use it all. Would we once again lay it all down at your feet and say, yeah, you can, you can use it. And then trust in you and see what happens. Thank you, God.